on the tee from Australia. Welcome to the Clubhouse with Mark Allen and Cam Luke. Yeah, we're back right around Australia. Very warm welcome to you. Time to talk some golf, Mark Allen. Did the show go on while I was away? It did, Cameron, it did. and welcome back, kid. I'll tell happening? you what, not many blokes can get married. Not many blokes can get married one month yeah. and then take off no. about three months later <laughs> for a trip around the States, which no. included a couple of weeks in Vegas. No. Not many blokes... <laughs> Can get away with that, but no, exactly. now, well, before it's we get going, oh, I, I know it's a golf program. Yeah, but how lucky are you mm-hmm. to actually get yourself some tickets mm-hmm. in the NBA finals? NBA finals. When mm-hmm. we've got two Australians making headlines, it was or nuts. one in particular making headlines. Yep. The other one was benched the last couple mm-hmm. of games. But you were over there for Deliver Dover. I was insanity. Time. It was nuts. Game three in Cleveland, which is when he played his best game. Yeah, oh, it was good to be an Aussie in city. I bet it was. <laughs> it was free drinks, and oh yeah, and then you know, obviously a couple of beers later, you you yeah. go from never meeting the young man to his cousin to his brother. So was game three his best mate? Re- re- refresh my memory. Was game three in Cleveland? In Cleveland. <laughs> in Cleveland. How big? In Cleveland. Walked out. Walked out of the stadium. They were two one up. The whole city thought they'd win a championship, and everyone. There's a hundred thousand people on the streets chanting the postcode. Which I couldn't get involved in because I wasn't quite sure what the postcode was. I was just chanting the postcode. Just walking around chanting the postcode. It was it Cleveland was postcode. Mm-hmm. Remarkable. It was remarkable. And then they, they ended up petering yeah. out a little bit, but well, it was good. Now, Golden State won the title, but they did. Cleveland won the best uniform. How they make those two colours actually <laughs> I don't work. Know. They're the two worst colours in sport. They most certainly are. But their uniform Looks is good. magnificent. It's called wine. Wine and gold. Yeah, it's great. It is. Well done. Well done to the Cleveland. Let me talk to you about. The American perception of the U.S. Open, because I was in San Francisco yeah, yeah, when the yeah, U.S. Yeah. Open was on. No, it's a couple of weekends ago, but uh, no. in a sports bar. On what perception of the U.S. Open? Uh, the perception of the U.S. No one was happy with the course. I'm yeah. not sure what you thought back here, but you know, no one was happy with the course. But the Tiger Woods situation is, is, is an interesting one because... Uh, is it gripping America? There's a genuine air of sadness about yeah. the way the Tiger Woods has fell off. Now, and I yeah. didn't really... I didn't really think that would be the case. Now, of course, I'm talking to some barflies in a sports yeah. bar, so take that with what it will. But the f- the fact was that, it, look, you know, it, it's now the fact that no one really cares as to what he did and, and what actually happened with his own private life. Mm. They just want to see the best get back to having some type of resemblance yeah. or form. And, and unfortunately, it's now gone, all right, he's stuffed up, he's an idiot, probably don't like him personally. Mm. But this is one of the saddest ways you can end a, t- end a career because that's where he is. Now, listen, I know we're talking about Tiger Woods, mm-hmm. but a little later in the show, we're going to play uh, Jeff Ogilvy uh, mm-hmm. On my program during the week, uh, Mike Clayton and Craig Spence interviewed Jeff Ogilvy. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because at one point, Jeff Ogilvy talks about hitting 500 or 1,005 irons dead straight in the driving range and turning that into an 80 and how it's really easy for that to happen. Jeff Ogilvy talks about that, so listen in a little bit later in the program because Jeff really opened up. He's, when he gets going, Jeff Ogilvy, he's terrific to listen to. But that's basically what Tiger's doing. Mm. Everybody who stands behind Tiger Woods on the practice tee, they all go, well, he's back. This guy is back. The click is back. Yeah, you know, He's hitting driver well. He gets out in that golf course, and I, I promise, in my view, the shoulders just open up in, the, in, in his setup. And then he just doesn't know where it's going. Should he retire? Does not know where it's going. Should he nah. retire? Nah, fight it out. Uh, fight what out? 
But no. it out. But, but what? What is it now? Because he's not even making it into the weekends of majors. This I, is want a guy see, who, I want to see him get back now. I, I've done a full one eighty on I, this. I want to see him get back too. But I want to but see I also, him dig know, it out. I, of the I also want to see the Western Bulldogs win a premiership. Yeah, me too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah but sometimes well, they will one day. They will one day. They <laughs> will one day. They will. You got to be. You got to be a realist. I, I I don't know what he's fighting out anymore. To fight it out, you have to at least get to the weekend, surely. All right, I, I, this is a really good question, you know, because in when I was thirty five, when I was thirty five years old, my time was up, mm-hmm. and I knew my time was up because yes. I owed a lot of money, <laughs> a lot. And if I if I kept on going, I was going to dig a name a, too. A I think then, didn't I was going to I was going <laughs> to I owed a lot, a lot of a lot of cash, right? So it was really very easy for me to do. And that's what happens to most golf professionals mm-hmm. yes. is that you cannot dig out of the hole anymore mm-hmm. because, you know, if you want a family, if you want kids, if you want to buy a home one day, if you want to live comfortably when you're 80 years old, you can't keep going. Yep. You can't. It's a totally different mm-hmm. situation for this man. It Tiger is. Woods never has to worry about money ever unless he develops a gambling problem anytime soon. Mm-hmm. He never has to worry. So he can. He can afford to dig it out. He can afford to do what I and many other professionals couldn't do. Because once you're bad, it's really, really hard to gamble with going to tournament after tournament, going back to tour schools, um, wondering where your mortgage payments are going to come from, wondering how you're going to feed your family. All that sort of stuff weighs on your mind. This stuff is never going to weigh on his mind. So now that I've seen what's been happening, now that I... You know, the only the only thing the only thing that is stopping me cheering for Tiger Woods is that when he opens his mouth these days, not much sense is coming out, mm. and that's disappointing. But the the golfer and the competitor in me wants to see Tiger never give up. I never want to see this man give up. I want to see him use his brain and his ability to dig himself out of this hole. And and like you're about to hear with Jeff Ogilvie, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if he had five hundred. You know, five irons dead straight in a row. But it, on that, mat- it matters what happens between your ears once you're on that first tee. But on that, if a majority of professional golfers in your situation, which which I'm sure is 95, percent you say we've got yep. no money, we've got to get out of here. Out. All right. All right. So Tiger doesn't have that issue. What's going to make him quit at whatever point? Uh, pride is the only thing that will make him quit. Well, but I think he's got so much pride that he can never quit. Well, but this is the point. Pride's not going to make him quit because he would have already quit. You know what? I reckon. I reckon he'll quit if he wins a major. If no. he somehow wins a major nah. at 48... No, 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 no. Because if he goes, wins... That's nah, it. I've climbed this mountain. No. I told you I could do it. Nah, and won't. I'll see you later. I disagree. Because if he wins a major, he'll start to think he can get to 18. If he wins a major anytime soon, mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> but I agree with you. He should be worrying if, about the cut if first. If he wins... Let's just say, all right, mm-hmm. that the cards fall beautifully. He performs reasonably well at St. Andrews, where he's won before. Um, and then at the... PGA Championship of America, he wins. And that's his 15th major. Mm. Then I'm with you. He's going to chase it. But if what I think is going to happen and that he develops slowly, still has a few hurdles to, 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 to jump, and he starts winning just regular PGA Tour events or Australian Opens or whatever next year or the year after, and he builds to a major by the time he's 45, I could see him at 45 going... That's it. I just can't see him building. I, I can't see him building. Has, has he? Does he have the? Does he have the tenacity and the patience 
to build into yeah. winning a major. This is a guy who has right. been incredibly talented since he was yep. two years of age. Yeah, yeah. So he, I'm yeah, not yeah, saying yeah. He, he didn't take shortcuts. Yep. But he was incredibly talented and things worked because he was so oh, damn good. Yep. It's a totally different situation he finds himself in. Does yep. he have the patience and the fortitude, I guess, to build up to win that major you speak yeah. of? Yeah. All right. I'll give you a couple of names because it's a good question. Mm-hmm. Steve Stricker. Mm-hmm. Dead and buried in the golf yep. world. Gone. Yes. Gone, gone, gone. Got back to the top level. Well done to Steve. But, yeah, but, yeah, but he Steve, never changed his swing. But the, and Steve Another Stricker man. didn't have that incredible talent. Henrik Stenson, off the face mm. of the planet, got to like top <laughs> 10 in the world, and then he was in like the 500s. <laughs> he actually entered his golf club in Sweden's club championship and got beaten. Mm-hmm. That's how bad he was going. Henrik got beaten in his own club championship. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah, but hang That's on. That's how far off the perch yeah, but, he fell. But, and now you see. No, but hang on. Those and he two contends men, in majors. But those two men. Would have had to gradually build and work hard. They weren't yeah. as talented as Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, I'm not saying it's a, a lot of talent. No, yeah, an, an amazing agree. amount of talent. No one's had. All right, well, no just, one's had that amount of talent no like has. Tiger. No one has. So he hasn't really had to scrap his way through in certain ways. Now I'm sure Stricker and Stenson didn't yes. have to exactly scrap their way yes. through. But do you see my point? Yes, those, I do see your point. They, those guys know what. But I also saw Tiger talk. Woods scrap and reach and. Mm-hmm. Stretch Where? to win major championships when he was hitting oh. the ball like a dog. When he was swinging, when he had the Hank Haney swing, yeah, but he had the aura over when he, him. Yeah, well, he was scaring this people off. He, he still could scare people off. No, I don't boards. think so. No, I don't can't. think anymore. No. But back when he's had the rotten swing yep. that Hank Haney gave him, and Hank, if you're listening, that was a disgrace. I don't care what you say. It was the worst action I've ever seen in my life for someone who could actually play. The, the reason he won was his fighting ability. So I, I do think there is a dog fight. In Tiger, I think there's one left. I think there's one big dog fight left for this man, and I think it's beyond winning a US tour event. I think he could. I think it's not out of the realms of possibility, like some people say. So I do think he could, and I'm 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 kind of happy to watch him fight for a while, and I hope he does consider it a fight. You know, the remarkable it would be thing fascinating. is, he it was world number one 12 months ago. Oh, yeah. Where is he now? 188. I think he's out of the two. Well, he's out of 200. He's, he's out of 200. Like, yeah. Just a remarkable situation. But what what struck me is that people now, you know, no doubt they thought, you know, whatever, when it all broke. Now it's just a, a genuine sadness that one of the greatest of all time, be it if you're an American yeah. citizen or not, is struggling so much. One more thing yes. before we get to a break. And uh, one of our favourites won a tournament last week. So we'll get to Jeffrey Jeff in a moment. McGirt. <laughs> Jeff McGirt. Jeff McGirt. He won the US <laughs> He won the U.S. Open Seniors. He did say it's the Senior U.S. Open or the Champions. I think they called the yeah. the Senior U.S. Open. Yeah. He won it. He won it. Beat uh, Fat Boy Colin he Montgomery. Most certainly who did. Well, I just can't stand. <laughs> I just want to say God, before we get to that. Like, well, hang on. Really? Yeah, Colin uh, Montgomery. You've been this oh, he's before. a shocker. I thought you might have maybe. Just nah, never. I'll never bit. forget Cole. Never. So you're happy that McGirt got the job done? I love McGirt. <laughs> I love him. I love his swing too. It's so economical. You, it's so minimalist. Do you um do you enjoy watching the senior tournament more than some normal tournaments? No. Never? No, no, no. No, I still think of them as, you know, old blokes with a cane mm-hmm. and, you know, they've got plenty of cash and just trying to get away from their wife and, mm-hmm. you know, get on touring in is what mm-hmm. I think when yeah. I watch the seniors tour. Yeah, yeah. But it is good fun watching the old swings and seeing, you know, seeing the Seeing the athletic swings or remembering the athletic swings that a lot of them used to have mm-hmm. and then seeing the old man swings, you know, when they're about 55. Changes it up. I reckon when you're 50, <laughs> you're still going okay, yeah. just. But, you know, when I watch Tom Watson now, who led the US Open for a good deal of the tournament, when I watch him swing, 
it's the same swing, mm. but it's just kind of old man swing. It's an old man look at action. I think he's about 65 now, Tom. He wouldn't be that old, would he? He's 65, and he was leading that major in the seniors in the Champions Tour. So he's a freak of nature. Facebook good putts as well. Dot com forward slash the clubhouse. I did run an idea past a couple of people in the States as well that you and I have spoken about, and it wasn't well received. What was I'll that? Tell you, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what it is next right here, right around Australia in the clubhouse. Expect anything different? You're listening to The Clubhouse with Mark Allen and Cam Luke. In your life have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse with Mark Allen and Cam Luke. Right around Australia, always you can find Mark Allen on Twitter at MarkAllenSEN and Marco's Masterclass isn't too far away. Craig Spence, Mike Layton caught up with Jeff Ogilvy in the week. Mm. We're here and a very interesting conversation. We're here, we had to say in around 10 minutes' time. All right, firstly... Yes? Are we, uh, the idea. Of, what idea were oh, you talking on. about? Firstly, are we part of the European Tour now? No, we're not. What, we're closer. Okay. What, what, a came, couple, a what couple, happened? Uh, well, a couple of dominoes have fallen mm-hmm. uh, when you were away. So uh, mm-hmm. we, we knew that the Perth International was a European Tour event. Yep. And it has stayed a European Tour event. So that is sensational. Because if they went back to the, the One Asia Tour, I would have <laughs> thrown my hat in the ring. Mm-hmm. That would have been it for me. Yes. But... So they have continued their relationship with the European Tour. So they are co-sanctioned, which means if you're just in the car wondering what we're talking about, if you win that tournament, then you become a member of the European Tour. Excellent. So if one of our young players wins oh. the tournament, like South Africans have won their tournaments for years, a they rock, become man. members of the second biggest tour in the world. And, and some people actually prefer to play the European Tour. Ryan Ruffles. <laughs> we'd, we'd love to see mm. him win it. Yeah, absolutely. And so since you've been away... The Australian PGA Championship played at Royal Pines uh, on the newly refurbished Royal Pines that Graham Marsh has taken time to to have a look at. We'll get him on the program at some stage uh, to talk about it. Is now co-sanctioned with the European Tour. So a little another tournament, absolutely inching towards it. We well, two dominoes have now fallen. We now have the Australian Open Mm -hmm. and the Australian Masters to kick in line. Also, there's a little bit of buzz around about the Vic Open. There's a bit of buzz. The Vic Open being a part of the European well, Tour. Well, I'm not saying that. Well, what are you, what, what well, are you the saying? Girls, well, you know how the Victorian yeah. Open. Uh, Wonderful tournament. Beach, Only the best player in it too, the, Marco. I played the 13th Beach last week. I love 13th Beach. Okay. It's one of the great joints you'll ever see. Mm-hmm. Um, but the girls, I think there's talk of the girls. I think it is part of the European Tour this year. And the boys are right there, just sitting there. Uh just wait and see what happens. I, I, I really hope. Wait, wait and see what happens. Obviously, it's inching towards it, so yeah. we're getting closer, and that's great news. And I hope the Australian PGA, in some small way, call it the mm. Mark Allen theory or the Mark Allen rule, because no one has pushed as much as you have for well, this. Well, I spoke, <laughs> <laughs> we spoke with the CEO last week, Brian Thorburn. Yeah. And, did he acknowledge uh, you at least? Yeah, he did. Good. Which was good. Which good. was good. But good it's, look, it's, it's sensible. It, it's, it's sensible, but it's not Brian Thorburn's fault. No, it's not. It's a past administration. And it's a sim- very greedy, <laughs> nonsensical past administration made this choice to go down the One Asia line. That has been a complete failure. Got to keep in mind, too, to sensibility isn't a word that goes hand in hand with many sporting and yeah, franchise right. organisations right around the world. Uh, mate, mm. Self-interest is normally the... Uh, the common denominator <laughs> when poor decisions are made. All right. Uh, something you and I have spoken about, the PGA Championship, mm-hmm. okay, and the idea that it should be every five years go outside the USA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Uh, well, I bought that up. Oh, over there? In, in, a, in, in a, pubs? Yeah, in a couple of bars. Past midnight? Well, no, it was early. We were watching right. the US Open. Yeah. It wasn't very well received. 
No. It wasn't very well received. Yeah, okay? I, can, I can imagine. I can imagine. It would be like but us. I, it would I be stuck like to us. my guns. Yeah, and? Well, it still wasn't very well received. But I did try to get the point across that you and I speak about too. It's, the PGA isn't, a, isn't an American organisation as such. It, you know, it encompasses the whole golfing world. Yeah. So it makes sense every five years. Yeah, and yeah. I pushed Royal Melbourne because that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was on the agenda six or so months ago, wasn't it? Oh, it absolutely was. And Where uh, are we with that? Nowhere. Nowhere. So yeah, it's not happening. Nowhere. <laughs> nowhere. 2020, as far as I know, is still up for grabs. Okay. 2020. But it, look, it would be like us. Mm-hmm. We're very proud of our Australian Open tennis, aren't we? Well, Which is a major. Course. Huge. Would you like to see the Australian Open tennis uh, be played out of Singapore? No, 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 no. But there, or there would is you a like difference. to see the Australian Open tennis being played in Beijing? There is a difference, though. I wouldn't personally. No, I agree. But once every five years, if it was the best thing for tennis, I would mm. say. But even well, then, as long as it comes back to us more often than no, not, I'm happy for it to happen. No, no, no. But, it, but the difference is there's not three Grand Slams in Australia. Yeah, that's so true. So the US, it, it, this isn't just. It, you know, that's true. You go, you watch a major of golf. Touche. There's not 99% Americans and yep. 1% internationals. Yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. quite an even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to be honest, if you have a look at the world number ones in the last, yep. we'll say, decade, a lot of them have been international players. That's. Yes. That, I, I see why they would fiercely protect it. Yes. No. But I also see why it's an international game now more than ever. I, I agree with that sentiment. So well, the American would be, it would public be nice. Didn't. It would, I think it would be nice in, in a perfect world. Mm-hmm. For the PGA Championship of the world, mm-hmm. of the world, not the US PGA, just the PGA Championship, uh, every second year back in the States, played on a classic golf course. Now, some of these golf courses that pay money, a bit like Whistling Straits and uh, what Chambers Bay have done to mm-hmm. get a major, to boost their, you know, people wanting to come and play that golf course. Um, if you kept it to the absolute classical golf courses, um, that would be fantastic, and go you know go to the best places in the world. Go to Royal Melbourne. Go to Japan's equivalent. Go to well, I don't think Beijing probably has an equivalent, to, but Jap- Japan, uh, Japan would have an equivalent. Mm-hmm. Go to South Africa's equivalent. Uh, you know, their number one, their highly treasured piece of property that has their best you know golf course on it and clubhouse and all the rest of it. I think you could showcase golf that way. Uh, it would be. It's hard coming down here. To the Southern Hemisphere, though, we, I think the only way you could do it. Hard. Well, because there's a billionaires. You couldn't do it. Get here. It would be hard to play a major championship at Royal Melbourne in August. It's our coldest month. So it you're is, talking from a from a frigid. You're talking from a golf course yeah, preparation it, point of view. Yeah, which, have, I, which I understand. They would have to keep people off Royal Melbourne mm-hmm. for a month, I reckon, just so the golf course livens up a little bit. You know, the stresses of of winter play at golf courses are very, very hard to deal with. So I think that stress, if you want it to be presented properly and you want you know the golfers, the most important people, to go, we're doing the right thing here, then they need to turn up to a, a tournament venue, a major tournament venue, when it's in pristine condition. Mm, all right. Uh, you know what? One more thing before we get to the break and hear from Jeff Ogilvie. I played indoor golf. Yeah, how was that? In San Fran. Like, yeah, it's good. It was unreal. Yeah, it was. Uh, so not up again, not into a mat. Into a mat. Oh yeah, not in, into in, up to a mat. So interactive, digital. Yeah, you yeah. Know, got the sensors. Very, very good. Uh, it was. You could choose any course almost on the, in the world. Yeah. Uh, we chose a particularly hard course, Torrey Pines. Yep. And struggled. Well, down here, down here in Melbourne. Have they got it here? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's called X Golf. X Golf. And they do it at uh, the House of Golf in Melbourne. And the, so pub- I'll give them and a the public plug. can go. They have league nights. It's yeah. like bowling nights. And now, we all know Jack Rewalt. Mm-hmm. Jack Rewalt has a team, a couple of mates. That, uh, there's three on a team. Um, they got into the grand final at X-Golf in the House of Golf Malvern. Before the grand final, they had the national anthem played. Oh, they had, they, they, they did lined not. up. They did. 
They did. They had, so they had to line up. Jack Rewalt was singing the uh, the national anthem. For people who are around Australia who don't know who Jack is, he's a full forward for Richmond. He's Come won the on. Coleman medal, which is a bloke who's won the most, kicked the most goals in the season. And having an outstanding year this year. And they went on to win the grand final. So the league nights they have there on a Monday and a Wednesday night, mm-hmm. so particularly when you know the sun goes down early, uh, to play those sort of brilliant. nights, it, it's very, very good. It was the way they the way the way it operates. I'd say you probably had twenty lanes or twenty mats, whatever you want to yeah, call it, yeah, yeah. and they were all full Friday night. So people obviously work drinks and yeah. all the rest of it, but there were golfers in there. It was late night, you know, yeah. nine o'clock this time, who were working on their swing or whatever. And I thought it was a really good way yeah. to. It'll get to do bigger it. and bigger. It'll yeah. get massive. It'll get bigger and bigger. What, how long was the gimme putt at uh, X Golf, the house of You Mulvin. can make it whatever it's, you wanted. Well, it's two metres at the house of Golf. Two metres? Yeah, which is good. Yeah, I'd drop. Which is good. I'd drop one. What, what would you drop it to? Know, six metres, probably. Yeah. You do a gimme <laughs> range, is it? Get it within six. Get, oh. It's actually really, it was really hard to putt. <laughs> It is hard to putt. That's so, why the gimme range should to be, be uh, too. All right, I'll be honest. If you're on the green, it counts as a gimme. Oh. <laughs> yeah, if you got on the green. What did you shoot? 55? <laughs> What's wrong with you? I shot 79. Uh, I actually... Phil! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I struggle. But yeah, that's... They, you want to start listening to masterclasses of sport. They are the cool things that you can do with the world of golf yeah. where you don't necessarily... And it is hard to putt. You don't necessarily have to spend... If you're a horrible putter like I am, five or six times on the green in the conditions when you can just say, right there, have a sip of your beer and move on to the next one. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll get the boys from the House of Golf Malvern or ex-Golf Malvern on next week and they can run us through what happens in their league nights next week. Beautiful. Well, if you're in San Francisco, it's called Eagle Club Indoor Eagle Club. Eagle Club. Right, eh? Get down there and have a look. Can you have a beer? Yes. Yes. It's a beautifully set up. It's it's, it's exactly like 10-pin bowling. Uh, I had a pretzel. a cheeseburger. I had a pretzel. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get to a break. Yeah, you strike me as a pretzel, man. <laughs> Let's hear from Jeff Ogilvy next right here on The Clubhouse. Expect anything different? You're listening to The Clubhouse with Mark Allen and Cam Luke. In your life have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse with Mark Allen and Cam Luke. Marco's Masterclass isn't too far away. We're doing it. We're talking golf right around Australia. A very warm welcome to you if you're joining us for the first time. All right. Jeff Ogilvy is a superstar. He's been around for a long time. He's won a major, and we know how much he means to Australian golf. And earlier this week, he was able to sit down and have a chat with our main man, Craig Spence, and a doyen of Australian golf, pretty much, Mike Clayton. This is what he had to say. Uh, 2006 US Open champion Jeff Ogilvy joins us. G'day, Jeffrey. Craig, how are you, mate? Good, and joined, obviously, by Mike Clayton. Thanks for joining us tonight, Jeff. I know you're only back in town for a couple of weeks, but... Only a couple of weeks ago, you were lucky enough to play in a, a, another US Open championship, and it was at the famous Chambers Bay, or what has now become pretty famous, because I've never seen a golf course, Jeff, that divided opinion quite like it. But you, you had some strong views on the golf course. W- what did you think of it at the end of the week? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I'm not going to put it in my top 50 golf courses in the world, I don't think, but... I liked the questions that it asked of the golfers. Mm. Um, there was some, there was a lot of issues with the golf course. The greens, as anyone who was watching the tournament would hear, they were absolutely atrocious. The conditions of the surface of the greens, um, and the course was routed kind of weird. And it was a really long walk, and logistically, it was a nightmare for spectators. And no one got to see anything. But the, um, it really felt like to me at the start of the week that they were going to get a really good tournament, and a good player was going to win the tournament because it asked all the questions a good a good golf course should ask. And it did, and I mean, 
unfortunately, because there was probably a lot of issues with the tournament and maybe the, the USGA might have, should have got in trouble perhaps for going to the Chambers Bay, they ended up with an incredible finish with the who's who of the top ten in the world all fighting it out in the last three or four holes. I mean, it was, it was an amazing tournament. Jeff, you and I played together early on on the US Tour and, and I, I thought that I saw the worst greens possible in those early days at, at, uh, on the west coast there at Pebble Beach and, and Spyglass and Poppy and I was, I was thinking of those when they were talking about the stand of these greens and you would have seen those greens at Poppy and, and Spyglass and was it, how much worse than those greens was it? Yeah, they were a lot worse. Well, a lot worse is exaggerating because those are greens at Pebble in February are pretty bad, aren't they? I mean, they're horrific. Uh, there were two or three different sorts of grasses. They were they tried to do the fine fescue, like the whole course. If anyone who's played Barnburgle Dunes, it's the same kind of deal down there. So they're never going to be crazy fast, but the whole course is the same grass. Tees, fairways, greens, rough, everything. So it's got this really kind of nice, continuous look to it. And the greens that were all fescue were great, Um but most of them had been kind of overtaken by a bit of power and there were some had some dirt patches and they were, to be honest with you, if you'd paid $50 to go pay your green fee on a Thursday afternoon, you would have been pretty disappointed with the state of the greens. They were, I'd, I'd never seen a professional golf tournament with greens like that. So in a sense, Jeff, I, you know, I know we spoke about it before, but your theory on good putters doing better on bad greens, which was the opposite of, I think, Billy Horschel's complaint, was that it, took away from the good putters but you know i know you have a different opinion from that Do you want to talk to that a little bit well, about yeah, i mean i think look historically i mean you could place you bring up the history better than me but i think there was at one point like hogan and some of the bad putters were bitching and moaning that the hole was too small let's make it bigger gene sarazen was he wanted that well, yeah. sarazen, and then yeah. someone like runyon one of the best putters in the world came out and hold with a bigger hole and he made more putts in a yeah. yeah which kind of so it backfired on the bad putters and it's kind of the same on bad greens at the US Open. The good putters, Jordan Spieth, probably the best putter in the world. He won the tournament. Um, bad putter, good putters putt well on anything. And they excel on bad greens because bad putters get worse than normal on a bad green because they bitch and moan about it more mm-hmm. and they worry about it more. And they can't, uh, they just, it's just not their thing. So you don't want to play one of the most in, one of the four most important tournaments in the world on really, really bad greens. But the side bonus, I guess, to that, if there is a bonus, or is there a the silver lining to the cloud is that you'll get the best putters at the end of the week. And that's that's kind of what happened. The thing about Jordan Spieth, I think we saw him play that incredible round at the Australian last year at the end of the year, 63. We only see him on TV, really, aside from he's played one tournament in Australia, but we only see him on TV and he doesn't look he doesn't look like Tom Weisskopf or Jack Nicklaus or Johnny Miller or Seve or Gregor. He just doesn't look like he's a really incredible player, except that you get to play with him a lot and see him play. Kind of dispel the rumour that uh, Jordan Spieth is not a great ball striker or, or a great player, but he's just lucky and a good putter. No, that's completely false. I mean, he, he is clearly the best putter in the world, or one of, obviously. he has. Um, he's a very, very good putter, but he is... A very underrated ball strike. His iron play is as good as anyone on tour, I would say. Um, he hits it plenty far enough. He hits it at least as far as me, which is not as long as I once hit it, but he hits it far enough. Uh, he drives it. He, he hits the ball forward really well. You know, he doesn't have any round-killing shots. He hits the ball very nicely, 
play far enough. He's a very, very nice iron player, a very good short game, and maybe the best putter in the world. And he might have... Well, he doesn't might have. He does have probably the most important thing is his, his golf IQ is is off the map. He just he, he seems to understand the right shot at the right time, the right the right uh, the right time to kind of keep the head on and keep going, the right time to, to to not be too aggressive, the right time to be aggressive. He kind of he really appreciates the situation, he understands what he's doing and clearly clearly it's working because the bigger the tournament the better he plays. And speaking of the right shot at the right time Dustin Johnson at the 18th green, that was kind of a it – was, it was a mess with it. It was a pity because I think it would have been a great playoff. You know, it, it was a pity those guys didn't play off on Monday over 18 holes. I think it would have been tremendous. But, you know, I mean, Dustin was a – I mean, you've seen him play. You know, again, he hasn't played much in Australia, but c- clearly an incredible talent in terms of ball striking and driving. And wow, yeah. I mean, D- DJ's unbelievable. I mean, he, he – he, you can't describe how he hits it until you actually stand next to him and listen to how it goes when he hits it. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, DJ's incredible. He's clearly, well, not clearly, but he's obviously one of the most talented players in the game. He's got this amazing. Uh, it would be described many ways, but he's got this amazing ability to to just not stress about it on the golf course. He doesn't doesn't worry about. It. He doesn't overthink golf at all. He just sees his ball, sees the flag, and hits the ball at the flag. And, he's, and he happens to be one of the most talented players ever. So the ball usually goes at the flag because he doesn't overthink it. He hits a bad shot. He doesn't analyse it. He just gets on with the next one. Um, and everybody loves him. He's a great guy, great in the locker room. Everybody wants to see him do well. He's already won eight or nine tournaments over there. I mean, he's he's going to win some big tournaments. But just uh, he seems to... He seems to struggle. I don't know whether he needs a better caddy or he needs a better situation at the end of the tournament, but he, he seems to have made a couple of odd decisions right at the end of the tournament. We're speaking to 2006 US Open champion Jeff Ogilvy. Jeff, I'm interested in this one, and I was talking to Clates before we came on tonight, and there are certain players that I get, and there are certain players, well, there's lots of players in the US that I don't get. You know, when we first went over there, I think one of the things we sort of said to each other was, Boy, these guys know how to get it in the hole. But the other day they did some stuff with, with Bubba. They did some slow-mo stuff. And I, and I, and I want to ask you, because you've played a fair bit of golf with him, I don't, get, I don't get Bubba. I don't get the fact that he hits it so far. When you slow down his golf swing, it doesn't make sense to me. Everything stops and, and is moving in different directions all the time. I mean, when you... When, I know this is a long question, but when you slow his golf swing down, he gets the club above his head at one point, and then, and just tell us, do you get it? Well, look, I, I don't understand from you understand the technique way more than me, so I, I, I've never actually like analysed his swing from a position perspective, um, and I assume by looking at it in fast motion that it's kind of odd because it is odd. His his front foot, which for us would be left foot, but for him it's his right foot. I mean, it comes off the ground in his follow-through, mm. which is completely bizarre, really. When he's hitting the driver, he is always hitting a massive shape. Like, it's he's either hitting a 40-yard flight or a, or a 10-yard draw. <laughs> That's his two shots, really. But he, from a technical perspective, I don't understand it, but when you stand next to him, and if 
There's, you know, there's certain golfers that you, you watch, you watch this swing, and it blows you away. Mm. And there's other golfers you watch their ball flight, and it blows you away. Well, he's the guy. If you viewed him, and you didn't watch anything except after impact, if you just watched the ball, you would be completely blown away. I mean, I don't know how it happens, but his ball. The, the way his ball flies is very impressive. So at, at some, the, the, on some level, he's doing something very right. Expect anything different? You're listening to The Clubhouse with Mark Allen and Cam Luke. Marco's Masterclass. Uh, best time of the week. Time for you to work on your game. If you've got some advice or you need some advice from Mark Allen, facebook.com forward slash the clubhouse. Or is it Mark Allen or M. Allen? No, it's just At Mark S-E-N. Allen S-E-N. with an E. There we go. On Twitter, find out. Throw some questions and it will get answered. I always answer questions. If you throw questions my way, I'll always answer them to the best of my knowledge or ability. I'm at Kingston Heath these days, you know that. And I'm loving golf. I'm playing golf once a week, sometimes twice a week if I can sneak it in. And one of the things at Kingston Heath that we've been doing lately is that uh, you know you just basically put your name down and you get to play with anybody, yes. which I don't mind at all, and um, especially you know, as long as everyone's nice and quick and away we go. But I've seen some real choppers lately, some buyers who just can't play. And the staggering thing that I see, and I still can't believe to this day, is that they've got clubs in their bag that they don't like. So some of these guys, right, they've got 14 clubs, they don't like their three-iron. They don't like their three-wood off the deck. Well, get rid of the club. Mm. It's not you. Some people's club head speed or the line that they, or the club path that their club takes is just not suitable to have a three-iron, sometimes even a two-iron, oh, in the bag. Now, if you are driving to your golf course of choice this morning and you have golf clubs in your golf bag that you don't like, throw them away. At least leave them in the car. Put them in the boot. <laughs> so if you don't like hitting your three wood off the deck, only you rarely hit it off the tee, uh-huh. take it out of the bag. If you don't like hitting your two iron or three iron or four iron, get it out of the bag and get something that's suitable, whether it's a seven wood or a five wood. I know it sounds simplistic, but it is astonishing how many people play golf with clubs they don't like. Even people with their putter. Some people don't like their putter. Get a new putter. Mm. Get it out. Go and borrow a putter off a friend. Do whatever you have to do, but please don't don't play this fantastic game with golf clubs that you can't hit. I mean, a lot of people are still getting around with a nine-degree driver that they might have bought, I don't know, 15 years ago, where loft, you know, you could actually use a nine-degree driver and it pop, pop. So don't do that anymore. The golf ball has changed since 20 years. You actually, the golf ball now is designed not to spin with the long club, so you won't get it in there. Get rid of that driver. If you, if, if you don't like hitting the driver, throw it out. Go and get something new. I promise you, there are people getting around with golf clubs in their bag they hate hitting. Well, fix it. Fix it now, because the game is too much fun. It's too social. It's healthy for you for you to be putting up with rubbish like that. Mark Allen, at Mark Allen SCN. You find him on Twitter. You can hit us up on Facebook as well. Facebook.com forward slash What golf club don't you like in your bag? All of them. <laughs> but I, I might have to get you a tennis record. But in, in, in fairness to the golf club, it's probably not their fault. Yeah. Hey, quickly, yeah. Kingston Heath. Yes. The Premier of Victoria, a member of Kingston Heath. Yeah, he's just joined. How's he go? Daniel you Andrews. Know? He's, he's pretty good. I also got told he actually he plays off about 10. I think he's a big fan of the clubhouse. So if he's he listening does. this morning, the Honourable Premier of the State, Dan Andrews. G'day, Dan. G'day, mate. We might get him on the show. 
Well, one day, if you'd like to, mm-hmm. you can come on the program. Tell yeah. us about golf and what's happening, uh, you know, down his way at the Vic Open at Thurnock Beach. Mm. He's very good. He's been pumping that one up. Good. So, so well he should. Beautiful Golf course. comes first with our Premier. Did you play this week? Yeah, I did. I only had 32 points. Oh. But I've come. Down, I've gone down to plus two. Oh, here we go. Plus two. Here's the medicine ball. Medicine ball. Uh, it's been uh, been put away for no. a little while. <laughs> I've been doing a few other exercises to help my golf, but I'll be back. No, believe me, I'll be back with the medicine ball and the tennis wall very, very soon. And we'll be back this time next week, Mark. Have a good week. Catch you next time, buddy.